Hello and welcome to the Kiss the Wild podcast with your host, Kristen Wright. This is the space to unpack cultural scripts, narratives, and conditioning that are keeping you from living the juiciest version of yourself. You can expect conversations and thought-provoking ideas to help you reclaim your whole self in and out of the bedroom. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Kiss the Wild. I am your host, Kristen Wright, and today we are going to be talking about sacred sex. We're going to talk about how you can get your sacred sex on, what that means, how you can do it, and all that kind of good juicy stuff. So stay with me here. Now today is February 15th. That is the time of recording. So we are just on the day after Valentine's Day. And I think this this conversation around sacred sex is timely because can't help but think about all of like the romance you know that takes place on Valentine's Day and in some ways I am I'm not jaded when it comes to Valentine's Day it's just it's not a big deal for me and I have my own frustrations because I feel like you know buying flowers and chocolates or whining and dining your lover one day a year does not like absolve you of all the shit you know, for the rest of the year. And I know that that's not the purpose. Like, I love love and I'm happy to celebrate love. But I also am a big fan of like impulsive romantic gestures throughout the year or taking time to be as mindful as possible every day to, you know, make sure that your partner feels appreciated, cared for, loved, you know, Um, and that that is reciprocated, obviously. So I, yeah, all that to say that it has got me thinking about, you know, Valentine's Day and all the sex that can go wrong (laughs) with the intention of trying to do it right. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And today when we talk about sacred sex, I hope that like your takeaway is that sex can be so much more than what we've been shown or told, taught. I really feel like um, intimacy, sexual intimacy in, you know, long-term monogamous partnerships, actually, it doesn't even mean need to be like monogamous or long-term, but like in partnership, when we have a commitment to one another, whatever form that is, it's just there's an opportunity for that to be a container for like a deepening and intimacy and growth and evolution and transformation and healing and all of those things. When we stop looking at sex from the lens that we have been viewing it from, you know, as a society, as a culture. And so today when we talk about sacred sex, it's about like looking at sex from this bigger lens and seeing it as like the transformative tool that it can be. Okay, so today we're going to talk about 
what is sacred sex and how can you have it. So let's get started. So sacred sex is basically the opposite of what we've been taught sex is. You know, it's really connecting to the divinity that is available when two bodies merge and bringing, like using sexual energy and, um, you know, the energy of pleasure to bring you into like an ecstatic state of being, like an emerging with consciousness, with divinity, with um, something greater. It can bring you into altered states of consciousness. And so it's really about being present with the experience and honoring the experience for what it is, which is really hard when A, we've been taught that sex is like shameful, dirty, wrong, bad, and B, the kind of sex that we are showing through pornography, through, you know, Hollywood movies is so much about performance. And when we're performing, we're kind of like watching the experience, you know, from the sidelines, or you can imagine like a bird's eye view versus being fully like present and in that state of merging with divinity. So when we think about sacred sex, it's not It's not churchy. It's not necessarily like, you know, worshiping God in the bedroom, although it's, it's all open to your interpretation of God. You know, we, um, throughout different cultures, worship at temples, at sacred places. And so this is very much about treating your body, treating the act of sex as something that is sacred and worthy of your worship which can feel kind of far out there depending on your background, right? So for example, I have a religious background. I grew up going to church with my grandparents. And so for me, you know, this idea of worshiping at any other, you know, temple other than, you know, God in a church was seen as very sinful, you know, shameful, etc. You know, our bodies are sinful. The act of sex is sinful. So, you know, even if you're not somebody who is religious in like this present day moment, chances are somebody in your lineage was or culturally, we really all have been indoctrinated into like, you know, Puritan sort of culture, um, Puritan religion or Puritan indoctrination where we still carry these shadowy like Uh, beliefs around sex, around touching our bodies. And you can see that in the way we treat um, and talk about sex, right? It's kind of all swept under the rug or it's low key. There is these undercurrents of, say, for example, like masturbation being shameful. And in Puritan ideology, which is, you know, like this undercurrent that is still so prevalent in society that we don't even really consciously you know, we're not consciously aware that it's there, but it's like our morality is wrapped up in this pureness, which, you know, being pure means that you are not engaging in this like sinful behavior of allowing your wild hedonistic, animalistic pleasure-seeking self to enjoy the act of sex. 
And so we're taking sex and we're making it sacred again. We're making it something beautiful and good, something to be present for, something to engage in. It's really paradigm shifting. And this is ultimately a word that came to me after having sex a couple days ago. <laughs> like really good paradigm shifting sex. And when you can get to these places of having the kind of sex where you are so present, you know, that part of your brain, that analytical part of your brain shuts off and you get that heightened ecstatic sort of, you know, um, what's the right word? I already said it, uh, where you are, it's like taking a substance. And I've had that also that experience of being, you know, in a group of women and doing sexuality practices where we're moving like sexual energy through our body and I felt like this is altering like this is conscious altering where I feel like I've taken a substance but I haven't and it was really transformative for me in that moment and thinking like wow I don't need to take drugs to get to these wild like life-altering states of being where I feel so expanded and so open and so alive and so like connected to myself and something greater than myself. And that is all present in sex. It's just that we don't often get to go there if we're not being conscious about it or we're not transcending the limitations that have been imposed on it. Okay, so I kind of went on a little tangent there. My apologies. <laughs> but, you know, if you've had the feeling after sex, like, is there more to this? Or I feel like something is missing. I mean, you're not wrong. So most of the world is not having sacred sex. And again, this is not churchy. Sacred sex allows us to transcend ourselves and merge with something greater. And I think we've all had a little taste of that. I think that's why we're kind of hungry for more. It's like, even if we've never fully experienced it, there's that knowing that yes, there is more to this, you know? And I think it's no wonder that people lose the desire for sex if all they're having is the kind of sex, you know, we see in porn or in Hollywood. Because that kind of sex is is pretty hollow by comparison to the paradigm shifting sex that is possible when you drop into the sacred. So intentionality has a lot to do with sacred sex. And it's kind of the first area that I would focus on if you are looking to, you know, transform your sex life for the better and to connect more with the sacredness that is available in sex. So you can imagine, you know, what your intention is when you're making love will have will play a big, you know, difference or a play a huge part, sorry, in how you show up for the experience. So let's just play this for a second. Like is your intention to get off? Is your intention to have an orgasm? Is your intention to like connect with your partner? None of those are inherently bad. It's just how you show up will determine the outcomes, right? So if you show up with the intention of like, I'm here to get off, 
that's a hell of a lot different than I'm here to experience like my divinity and how infinitely powerful I am through the recognition of the divine nature of my partner and the merging of our bodies through the portal of pleasure and ecstasy. I mean, that might feel like a stretch, but you know, you can even show up with the attitude of I'm here or the intention, I'm here to see what love can do. I'm here to experience something greater than myself through myself. I'm here to consciously explore ecstasy and bliss. I'm here to heal. So when we give meaning to sex that, you know, sex says something about you and your personality or your value or who you are as a person, like your status, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but it definitely produces the kind of sex that has really a ceiling on the experience. And that is like that two-dimensional sex that I shared about where we are going in with this performance-based lens of like, I'm here to be like, to I'm here for this experience to stroke my ego as a lover. I'm here to be like a good part of my crudeness and maybe this is not an episode you wanna listen to with your kids but I'm here to be a good fuck. Not to say you would be listening to this episode with your kids, probably, but if there's little ears in the background, I would definitely um, listen later. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so instead, if a, if a person shows up and has a focus of just like the openness of their body or how much like sexual pleasure they can allow to flow through them or their partner, you know, if they can show up with this idea of opening themselves in order to permission their partner to open up, then you're, you know, more in service of where the experience is going to take you in terms of creating a deeper, more intimate, more authentic experience. So the idea is that you get out of focusing on what sex says about you and into focusing what's alive in the moment. And that is such a beautiful way to get into paradigm shifting sex. So you want to allow, you know, whatever's present in the moment to guide you in terms of what actions you take, what you ask for, you know, where you go with your partner, all of that. So it takes you to feeling like sex says something about who you are and into having a really full and beautiful experience with your partner. So as long as we sort of remain in the realm of using sex only for the purpose of like self-gratification, which is like that ego stroking, or a way to escape our own loneliness, which I can say that I've been there in that experience, or just to satisfy our horniness. That's like that idea of I'm here to like get off or, you know, a way to unload stress. We'll never really truly be satisfied or touched by the deeply transformational and healing power of sex because to get into that deeply transformative state, we need to put a focus on 
something more than just ourself or something more than like an expectation of what we're going to get from it. And I think that's where we go wrong with like modern sex is that expectation. And that again is like tied into this expectation that it's going to look or be a certain way based on the performance that we've been sold that sex is. And so it can't be deeply fulfilling if we're only like showing up a certain way. Does that make sense? Like how can you experience deep fulfillment when you're like a living, breathing human being. The truth is you are not the same every single fucking day, right? Like you have a heartbeat. You get to like, you get to show up and have emotions and go through seasons in life and blah, blah, blah. So why should we be only showing up in the bedroom expecting sex just to look like this one thing? There's like, we're missing a lot of fulfillment in that. And so when we can treat sex as this sacred um, container where we get to show up and we get to be our full selves, that means like we're showing up and honoring the present moment, even if we don't feel like great, you know, or fine. (laughs) Fine's never a great word in our household. So if someone says they're fine, then we know we're in trouble. Anyways, so that was a little joke for me, but I hope that this makes sense when I'm sharing. It's like expecting sex to look or be a certain way is how we put a ceiling on the experience. And so recognizing that we are divine and sacred and that there's a sacredness to everything. Like there's a consciousness and a sacredness to all of life. It all weaves together in this beautiful tapestry um, and that it's all welcome is how we put like that sacredness back in to our sex lives and how we make it something that you know bursts through that ceiling and is paradigm shifting okay I think I've really drilled that point home so let's move on shall we so I talked about intention And as you can see, like there's the first place to start is what is your intention for showing up in the bedroom? What do you really want to get out of the experience? And I think that this is an important moment to share that I truly believe that, you know, partnerships are a place for evolution and transformation and deepening into who we truly are as a person, but also, you know, in partnership, in intimate relationships. And so I think there's like a cultural narrative and script that is, you know, like you see it in movies and I've shared this before where the young couple, like, or two people meet and they're maybe like had a couple drinks and they go out dancing, they meet at the bar and then there's like flash forward to the scene where they're ripping each other's clothes off and having wild animalistic passionate sex 
And then we've got the couple that have been married for however many years and have a couple kids and they both get into bed in their like button up pajamas and someone's got like a fucking mouth retainer in and they're like reading a book and the other person like tries to kiss them and then realizes they got this awkward mouth retainer in and there's that awkward moment like, oh, do you want to do this? Oh, 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 sorry, you don't? Oh, okay. Oh, and then they go to sleep and one of the partners is unsatisfied or they're, I don't know, do you get the picture, right? It's like, oh, I'm sorry, people who are in long-term relationships, they don't get to have fun, passionate, wild, animalistic sex. That's just reserved for the couple that just met at the bar. And so that's kind of like an unconscious belief and it can be holding a lot of people back. If you subtly like say you're not experiencing a lot of desire in your relationship, but you've been with your partner for 10 to 20 years, for example, you might be using that to your detriment. Like, well, I'm not experiencing a lot of desire, but that's totally normal. And yes, I will agree that there are seasons of life for everything. There's seasons and you know, like life is secular, it's not linear. You know, there's so much of that that is true, but there's also some of these unconscious beliefs that can truly be holding us back from having, like, for example, the intimacy that we deserve or desire um, because we might not even know that it's available to us, right? And so I want to hold that vision for you and I'd love for you to adopt that as well, that your, you know, long-term partnership, your long-term sex life, like good sex does not have to die because you're in a monogamous long-term relationship. It can actually be the best sex of your life because of that container, because of that deepening of knowing somebody, that trust that you build or that intimacy. And if that's not there right now, there are ways to begin to work on that so that you can have that for one another, right? So this is definitely the work I do with couples who come to me for sessions together. We get really clear on your intentions, your desires, what is working, what isn't. And then I offer you guys connection building, communication building, intimacy building practices to do together so that you have that sort of caring and neutral container to arrive in, to work through your blocks, to intimacy, to build trust, to build connection, to build communication in order to help you to really dive into these like vulnerable and really open states of sacred sexuality. So after, you know, getting clear about intentions, another way that you can create the space for sacred sex is to consecrate your experience to the divine. So, you know, this is depending on whatever background and languaging you want to use, whether you want to talk about higher consciousness or love or, like I said, the divine or God even. It's about really offering up all of your actions and their consequences to something greater than yourself and really in that surrendering the experience to a higher power and allowing it to live through you so that is one way to really invite the sacred into the experience and then i would invite you to create your 
like set up your environment to create a ritualistic space. So whether that means just having the um, awareness of locking the door, of turning or dimming the lights, of closing the curtains, lighting a candle, playing music, sprinkling rose petals. All of those are ways that you can signal to your brain that this is, you know, this space is different than the everyday. This space is sacred. This space has meaning because we are giving it meaning. So it's a beautiful way to signal to your brain that you're about to drop in and do something out of the ordinary. Next, you can think about preparing your body, whether that means just taking a moment to have a couple deep breaths, like cleansing your energy if it's been a long day, like maybe shaking a little bit, like shaking off the day, putting a song on and dancing. Or it could be that you want to have a hot bath or you want to have a shower. You want to anoint your body with like an essential oil or spray perfume, brush your hair, put on some jewelry, jewelry, (laughs) that's how you say that word, adorn yourself, put lingerie on, you know, something to, again, invite yourself into the experience of the sacred. And so that can be an identity for you. What is, what does the sacred mean to you and how does that look? Next, you want to bring a certain flavor of consciousness to the experience. So we're talking about sacred sex. That is the recognition that everything is sacred, including you, including your partner. And so seeing the divinity in yourself and recognizing the divinity in your partner and holding that as like your conscious sort of truth. And that, again, can take some work to peeling back the layers to truly seeing yourself as a divine, you know, spark of creation in this beautiful, like, wild universe that we live in. And believing that you are made of the same stuff as the stars and the galaxy, the same stuff that makes the sun burst through over the ocean into a million different colors or, like, has the waves rolling in and crashing on the shore like we are all made of that same level of consciousness that same divinity exists that exists in like you know a shooting star exists in you and so showing up to the experience and softening your gaze to see the divinity in your partner as well and to hold the experience that you're having as also divine and sacred And so maybe taking a moment before like becoming physically intimate or before, you know, starting to engage in sexuality, like practices, like making out and caressing and all of that kind of stuff to just connect with your partner. Maybe you sit in yabyum, which is a position that can be really intimate. The one partner sits with their legs crossed and the other partner sits on top with their legs crossed around or like their legs wrapped around their partner and softening your gaze, like like literally eye gazing at one another for five minutes, connecting your breath so you can breathe together or, you know, putting a hand on one another's hearts and taking some deep breaths and just softening into that space you know where we take off sort of 
our armor or our identities, the masks that we wear throughout the day and engage with one another on that humanly divine level, if that is like, (laughs) I feel like human and divine don't normally coexist, but to me, it's like our divinity is wrapped up in our humanity, in our ability to look at our partner and recognize that even in, you know, that, that there's divinity in their flaws, that that is a necessary part of being human and that it's not like something that we need to shame or make wrong or bad. Although obviously there are times when someone's behavior is like wrong and bad but in this instance i'm saying that we're just seeing the divine spark within one another and breath work can be a very helpful way to get into the sacred there are ways that you can breathe that help shut off your cortical like analytical thinking mind so using like a open jawed connected breath where you're breathing consistently and heavily keep in mind that you need to use your own discernment here if you have like medical conditions where breathing heavily is not recommended then definitely do not do that you can breathe slowly you can breathe deeply but in a way that is safe and in alignment for you but if you find that you are someone who is very connected to your thoughts while having sex then using the breath is a great way to bring you into the sacred experience so it's a great way to shut off your brain and to get you into your body and to get you into the present moment of the experience where you can get more into that sort of flow state sex where you are reacting from a place of impulsivity uh, versus like being in your head about like what should I do next or what's my partner thinking that kind of thing so breath work and then I want to talk about energy so noticing your energy bodies for example a lot of the times uh, we can hold our sexual energy in just our genitals and this can be the experience for men if they feel like they are always ejaculating too soon working with your energy is a great way to expand and prolong the experience of pleasure and sex so noticing is all of my sexual energy right there in my genitals if i take a deep breath and connect to that energy can i begin to expand my experience of it throughout my body so if I breathe into my genitals say I inhale as I exhale can I imagine that energy flowing up to my navel okay let's work on that you know with each breath okay now it's at my navel can I expand it up to my heart can I expand it up to the crown of my head can I expand it out through my entire body This is another way that we can begin to really get into that paradigm shifting experience of sex where it becomes this transcendent state of being, feeling our sexual energy flowing through the rest of our body, um, offering it up to something higher than ourselves, feeling how our divine nature truly feeling ourselves merge with like the divinity that is within us and all around us. So I would definitely encourage you if you are looking for an experience of sacred sex to start to notice your 
energy body to start to notice sexual energy as it flows through your body or notice where it is in your body and if you can invite it to flow through your body with your breath and with your focus really. So maybe focusing on relaxing certain body parts. So for women, sometimes we'll kind of lock down at the solar plexus region, uh, lock down that sexual energy into our genitalia. So what happens if you soften and relax there? If you notice with each exhalation that you relax a little bit more in your lower body, can that energy move? And we also wanna you know, just focus not on the thoughts in our mind or the stories that we're telling ourselves or focus on the experience like what I shared earlier almost from the sidelines where you're like focused on the play-by-play of the experience and instead let's focus on the sensational awareness of our bodies let's focus on what sensations are present you know what we're touching what we feel what we hear what we smell, what we taste, what we see, all of those things, bringing ourselves into that present moment. I also wanna add with focus that some of the focus in sacred sex should be slowing down. Taking your time with the experience, taking your time to encourage as much pleasure as possible taking your time by being really mindful with what is and yeah just slowing down not rushing through the process but being as present as possible with each sort of movement (laughs) and we can be present through like the breath through our sensational awareness through our um, connection to our energy body, to our sexual energy, to our pleasure, all of those things. So I think at this point I've delivered what I shared I would in terms of explaining more about what sacred sex is and giving you some actual tools to use to start experiencing sacred sex for yourselves. And yeah, I just want to share one last thing in terms of you know, the modern world that we exist in and how this can truly relate. Like my partner and I, for example, we don't necessarily make a big fuss about sacred sex, so to speak. And yet we have like sacred sex. We have very like paradigm shifting sexual experiences. But I can't say that like, You know, I go to the trouble of anointing my body every time we have sex or that, you know, I do much more than light a candle or play music at times. Um, We're not like necessarily super focused on breath the whole time or um, getting into the yab yum position and doing eye gazing before sex. Those are definitely things that you can do but they don't have to all be present in order to make the experience sacred. We get a lot out of our sex life simply by being present with the experience. And for us, you know, we show up with the intention that, and actually it's sort of an unspoken intention, like an unspoken agreement, although we've had obviously lots of conversations around sex and we are on the same page. But 
you know, we have this unspoken intention that we're showing up to explore, that we're showing up to deepen our union, that we're showing up to experience deep connection and pleasure, to see what's possible, to explore, you know, how much pleasure we can have together with our bodies. So I want to encourage you to take what you want from this podcast episode, that you don't have to go and suddenly implement you know, six different tools into your sex life. I mean, if you want to, all the power to you. But I think it just, it goes a long way to begin to see sex as something more than what we have been shown. And when we can start to view it from that lens and show up a little more differently, you will begin to taste the sacredness, right? You will experience more and more that divinity that is within. And I read a really cool article that explained like the neuroscience behind it that, you know, when we take, for example, drugs like mushrooms or ayahuasca and get into altered states of consciousness where we feel that merging with the divine, what's actually happening in our brains is that there is a reduction in the brain activity known as the default mode network, which is the part of the brain that is that real like analytical part, that part that is like kind of egoic and in drama that is self-deprecating and critical and leads to, you know, depression and anxiety and sort of quote unquote lower vibrational states of being. And so taking these drugs shuts that off. And that is what is like bringing us into that altered state of being where we feel that merging of divine um, consciousness, where we feel like we're in that state of like higher um, frequency or higher ecstasy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what does this have to do with sex is that sex also brings us into good sex, let me say, sacred sex, into that trance-like state where we are shutting off the default mode network. And so there's like actual science beginning to back up basically the relevance and integrity of sacred sex and how it can bring us into these transformational healing sort of evolving states of being. So just tuck that into your back pocket. (laughs) And so the last thing I'll say is that you can imagine sacred sex like meditation. You know, meditation is something you engage in that, you know, consciously transforms your life for the better. And you can treat sex the same way. It's a way to transform your inner reality in order to really transform your life for the better. This, I mean, really is why I am so passionate about helping people have amazing sex, right? I just think it is such a transformative tool, really, and it has profound implications in many areas of our lives, and it's something that it's hard to imagine shifting, you know, your life when you haven't experienced how amazing it can be right like if you haven't had that experience of feeling connected or emerging 
with something greater than yourself through the act of sex. So it's like I said, if you have that feeling of like, I feel like there's something more to this, you're not wrong, and go out and explore some of these tools, begin to view sex from a different lens, a more expansive lens of like possibility, begin to view sex from this lens that it is a sacred part of the greater tapestry of life and see what happens. Report back. I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. Let me know how it goes. And definitely check out the Together series. It is a three sort of night package of date nights that I have using neo-tantric practices to support you into deeper intimacy, deeper communication, deeper connection with your partner. And there's also some really delicious sort of sexual intimacy practices that you can engage in in order to get a taste of sacred sex and to have the best sex of your life right now. Like I'm here to say that, you know, your the best sex of your life is not behind you. It's in front of you. And being in relationship in partnership means that your sex life gets to be better and better and better over time. So check that out or hit me up if you want to work in a one-on-one coaching container together. This is where my zone of genius lies. This is what I'm here to do. I would love to support you. So hit me up with an email. I'll add my address below. Okay, I look forward to chatting with you real soon. In the meantime, stay wild and stay sexy. Okay, (laughs) bye for now.